The Jet Set Breakfast on SAFM. Destination unknown. We've played his first track and we always like to know from our guests why they choose the tracks that they do. Who is it? Lorenzo Davids. He's the CEO of the Development Impact Fund. He has worked in the uh, development space, the social justice arena, over 30 years and uh, is certainly a massive player in the civic and social organization industry. Lorenzo, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. It's great to be with you guys. Thank you. Jeez, you, I have been following your road trip on Twitter. And uh, just for our listeners, your, your handle is at Urban Low. U-R-B-A-N-L-O. And that's been something quite extraordinary. Now, I'm going to go into that in depth in a moment, but I do have to ask you, Johnny Clay, Spirit of the Great Heart, why? Is there ever a song that tells <laughs> us about our country the way Johnny Clay does with the song? I mean, when he says that, you know, we can make it on our own if we try, but, but really we have to stand with each other, that great heart country of ours, that sense of we in this together. And, and nothing inspires me more uh, on my journeys than, than listening to that song. That sense, of, that sense of, yes, we can do this thing on our, on our own. We've done it for decades and live in split, divided and, and separated communities. But, but somehow there beats in us a greater heart, a heart that is going to build a great country one day. So, Lorenzo, I want to quote a pinned tweet from your Twitter handle, which has an image of a road that drives through what could be the Free State, it could be the Karoo, the Groot Karoo, the Klein Karoo. And you write, the joy of my country. One day we will celebrate this new land. We will celebrate all its people. We will grow its wealth and will all share in its prosperity. We will serve each other with respect and grace. Our children will grow old and wise. And this is part of your road trip conversations. What has this road trip conversations been that you've been doing over the last month? You, you know, Michelle, the, the, the journey started for me uh, far, far further back than that. But, but particularly the, the kind of work I've done over the last uh, 24 years, 26 years, has, has led me to the point where I know that unless we find each other as a country, that sense of old and young rich and poor, white and black, rural and urban, unless there's this journey towards a common destiny, the, the mm. co-creation of the outcome, uh, the, 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 jointly, the joint building of values, um, we're going to fail generations to come. They will hold us accountable for not giving them a country that is great. And we have everything in this land that that has the potential to make us a great society a great people um and and so I, i've gone on this journey to talk talk with people to to find out what is their view on greatness what's their view on poverty what's their view on politicians and countryside and cities and 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 you know the the experiences of their own journeys i i have the most amazing conversations but it's to one day say to our children yeah, yeah is a great country. Live here, celebrate here, grow old here. It's a great country. But, but that's the journey I'm on, the journey of discovery, uh, the journey of talking with and to um, ordinary, very ordinary, very ordinary people so, across so, this country. So, so tell us how you've been doing this, because on Twitter we see fantastic images of the country, but we also see 
real images of extreme poverty. You may, you talk about it in your tweets, but how has this worked? Have you literally got into your car and said, "Okay, I'm mapping this area. This is where I'm going." What is the the, the operational process <laughs> been? Let, let, let me let me be very frank with you about this because this is this is the question I've been asked often. I I have no plan, Michelle. Ah. That's the beauty of this journey. I have no preset agenda and no plan. I I arrive at a fuel station on the M2 where I stop before I hit the long road. I fill up, and then I sit there and I think, where should I go today? Sure. And it's normally a 48-hour or 72-hour journey, so about two to three days out. Then I come back and and literally I drive wherever my my thoughts take me um i take turnoffs that i haven't planned i make stops i haven't planned i visit houses that i see on the road i jump out of my car stop my car jump out and go to a gate and ask if i can speak to the family that lives there so this is entirely organic unplanned unscheduled i have no agenda i have no diary i simply seek i'm simply seeking out people to talk with you know, you talk, and places to visit. You talk about going to a gate and speaking to someone, and I'm thinking about someone we interviewed a couple of months ago um, who had done a, a trip all the way down from Morocco to Cape Town on a bicycle and on a skateboard. And what struck me most about our conversation was this idea of the generosity of people, people who often have very, very little um, in the bigger picture of things, and yet they will open that gate that you talk about. They will invite you in. They will invite you for a a um, fetch cook if they have it, and a, a, a cup of tea or a copy coffee or whatever the case yeah. may be. Talk to us about that. Yeah, you, you know that, that that for me is the most amazing part. I I have in the back of my mind there are two sort of key motives. I I'm looking for traces of what justice looks like mm-hmm. for ordinary people. And then what generosity they experience in, you know, in, in living in this country. And everywhere I go, literally, as you say, I was in Riedbron, uh last week. Riedbron is a small town on the border of the Eastern Cape and Western Cape, uh, 65 kilometers, 84 kilometers from Grabo and 65 kilometers from Willowmore. It's stuck there in the middle of the, of the Karoo. It's, it's, it's empty. It's barren. There's nothing there. And there's no high school there. And, and yet, as I went to the gate of a family, they invited me in for dinner, and it was just fed cook. And uh, it was it was it was this rooster cook, you know, uh, that they were grilling on open fire. And I sat down and 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 spoke with them. And it's just the poorest of the people. Yeah. They were earning the three hundred and fifty rand disaster relief grant, and and that was it. There was one suffer old age pensioner in the home, but they were sharing their food with me. And, yeah. and I found that just amazing as I sat there and listened to their story. Um, but, but it's not just, you know, them telling me their story. It's them inviting me in with, with, into, their, into their world, this, this generosity of spirit. It's yeah. not just sharing of food and, you know, a seat in their home. It's they trust me with their story. They invite me into their lived reality. And that, for me, is what is so powerful. You know, Lorenzo, a little earlier on in the show, we were talking to uh, Jess Arbach, Dr. Jess Arbach, who's just put this book together on kindness and what Mm. what she describes as micro-kindnesses. And we we always hear the big story, and the big story often has a very negative take 
and sometimes understandably. But we forget, as you say, that there are these micro-generosities and micro-kindnesses. And perhaps that's something we need to be shouting out about a little louder. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I see it all over. I, I was in Willowmore and spoke to, to, to five women who were EPW workers. Yeah. And they sta- stood with me in the middle of the road and they spoke and told me about their lives and their 13 children that they have between them and their, you know what their partners are doing and how they survive. And, and th- their words to me was this. They said, nobody ever talks to us. They just walk past us. We so value the fact that you're having a conversation with us. Yeah. And, and it's in that moment there when we trust one another with our words that the impossible happens. This connection between two worlds happens. And, and something emerges which is so powerful. This, this kindness emerges, the sense of I can see the other person. I I can experience the other reality. There's something that's born in that moment which our country so desperately needs, and it needs to be replicated in every street, every community, every playground uh, across this country where people are talking and allowing, as you say, micro-kindnesses to be born within their relationships. Lorenzo, you mentioned traces of justice um, a moment earlier. Are they very, very fine traces? Are they like uh, searching for gold in a river that is really only sandstone and rocks? It is hard to find it, let me be frank. Yeah. It's the most disappointing thing of the South Africa we live in today. Yeah. That justice is absent in the lives of most people who are suffering in this country. And that is food justice. That is safety justice. That is commuter justice, transport justice. That is access to medical health justice. It is absent. Michelle, it is, a, it is the most painful thing to observe. I was driving from uh, Swellendam to Barrydale and at the Sierbrach intersection with the N2, I picked up an old woman who was standing there uh, and uh, she was hitchhiking. And so I picked her up and she had two others with her. And she told me, she's just broken. She's going to try and borrow money to survive the rest of the month. She has to go to a money lender in Swellendam. She's in her old age. Yeah. And this sense of why, why, why are our grandmothers and our grandfathers standing on the end two of this country with no money hitchhiking to see if they can survive another day? We should not be a country like that. So... We should definitely not be a country like that. If you talk about the idea of traces of justice, which are ephemeral to say the very best, were there moments where you found it? I'm, I'm not sure I found it. And that's mm-hmm. a sad part of my road for conversations. I haven't found it. I came across an empty farm in, in Hrabo that was just standing empty and people... You know, it could be used for such productive use and and growing uh, crops and vegetables to feed the community. It's not being done. I was in Willowmore. I was in the Rist. I was in Klarstrom. Um, you know, I was um, uh, in Lanesburg. I was in Beaufort West. I, I keep looking for the justice that our constitution promises us people. And, and here's my thing. I think, Michelle, what is absent in this country is the platform where constitutional aspirations and lived experiences meet each other on the dance floor. Hmm. 
that, that's what is not happening. Yeah. We have platitudes, we have constitutional aspirations, but the dance floor between that and the people's lived realities are not being taken up. And, and I, I don't see the justice we are talking about. Yeah. I don't see the justice at the grassroots level. When I went to Smithsville in Barrydale, uh, where I dropped a family uh, and, and knocked on their door, um, they, 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 they had nothing. They had nothing in their home. When I went to Klipwuchte on the, on the Bonnevale Road, I spoke to a woman who lived on a farm 26 years. They've not been able to send their kids to school beyond the average grade grade five and six. Um, mm. The kids must go do seasonal fruit picking. And because of the interruptions of the fruit picking season, they cannot finish school. Yes, I actually, it, I actually read something. Painful. I read something that you wrote about that where you were describing how uh, the kids themselves are saying they don't want to be around their family. Uh, during the fruit picking uh, season because then they're pulled out of school and they have to go and pick fruit. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's tragic. I, so, so you ask me, is there the celebratory visible justice in our country? I have not come across it in the lives of the communities in our rural towns and areas that I have traveled to. And I have done some 18 towns now over the last month and a half. And I keep thinking that uh, we, we are not doing well as a country. We, we are not. I'm quite prepared to state that, mm. that the dance floor between people and constitution is not being taken up. We are not living up to the aspirations that our constitution calls us to do as, as leaders, as politicians, as, as government. Mm. Um, there's a big gaping hole there. So, Lorenzo, we're going to come back to this conversation, and uh, I'm thinking, in fact, of the Ndlula Miti scenarios, which are so focused on different yeah. dan dances. And I think it's Naila Dance, which is uh, Naila Walk, which is meant to be where we walk together and we dance yeah. together. But it seems that, talking of the dance floor, we're, we're far in the Guaraguara space for sure. Yeah. We're going to go to a song, and the reason we're going to a song, Lorenzo, is because there's there's a great challenge that's been put out to all our listeners, and I feel that given they're being challenged, you should be challenged as well. Is Our sports presenter's not here today. She's uh, on another job, so we, we are lacking her. So we've got some <laughs> sports. <laughs> we've got some of our listeners are announcing sports. Yeah. And um, we feel that you need to join that gang as well. So I'm giving you an entire song, your entire second song, Mango yeah. Groove, Another Country. Yeah. And in that time, you better come up with at least a one-liner of what you think <laughs> the sporting moment is that is going to make your day. Okay. Okay, I'll do that. Oh, I love it. And that's the second choice song with our extraordinary guest presenter today. Lorenzo Davids is the CEO of the Development Impact Fund, choosing Mango Groove, Another Country. Seems to be an absolutely appropriate choice, given that we're talking about a country that he's been traveling as part of the hashtag road trip conversations, the justice dialogue uh, process, looking for traces of justice, as he says, it's like searching for gold in a river. And uh, yet so much generosity, individual micro kindnesses and generosity from citizens of the country. 9.31, time for us to go to that sports update. This is SAFM Sport.
Good morning, sports fans. South Africa versus Austria today in the Test Championships. South Africa versus Sri Lanka today in the T20. Manchester United win over Newcastle 4-0 yesterday. Blue Balls beat the Sharks in the Curry Cup final. And Orlando Pirates won in the soccer yesterday. Have a fantastic day. It's Mohammed from Durban, sunny, sunny Durban. All the way from Etiquette. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You guys know how to rock it. Lorenzo, are you going to be able to improve on that, do you think? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly try. I can't beat Mohammed, but I'm gonna, let me quickly say the box play Australia today at 12 o'clock. So yeah. please tune in and listen to that. And then the Bulls won the Curry Cup yesterday, 44-10, scoring six tries against the Sharks. An outstanding performance. Jake White, men came out blasting from the word <laughs> go. And then finally, Ronaldo scored 120 goals in total with two goals yesterday for United. He's back on the team sheet. He's back in top performance. Two goals yesterday to give Manchester a win over Newcastle. 4-1. Uh, uh, great performance yesterday. That's the sport on SAFM this morning. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to say don't give up your day job because your passion is quite, quite clear. Lorenzo, we, we've had a listener who wants to know if you are able to put out your details um, for the Development Impact Fund. Uh, I wonder if you could just put those out before we crack into the second half of the conversation. Yeah, I, I'm happy to give my email account at this stage and uh, people can communicate with me via email and I'm happy to reply to that. My, my DMs are running over, my mm, inboxes sure. are overflowing, so emails are the best way to, to, for me to respond. My email address is Lorenzo D. So it's L-O-R-E-N-Z-O-D-101 at gmail.com. Lorenzod101 at gmail.com. And I'm happy to reply to email. Well, art in Etiquene, KwaZulu-Natal, that uh, is the answer for you. What does the Development Impact Fund do? Michelle, the, 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 when I left Community Chest uh, earlier this year, beginning of the year, I, I, I began to, to think about how do we fix this country? How do we build a country that one day when you and I are very old and, um, you know, we, we, we've been in 12 older terms because we've destroyed the other 11 with uh, uh, wheelchair races. I want to be able to have young people, if they are children or if they're just children of friends, come to us and say, you know, guys, you built the greatest country on earth. Yeah. I really want to hear that. And that's what the, the, the Development Impact Fund's work is all about, to help build a country side by side, that spirit of the great heart that Johnny Clegg sings about, mm. with Mrs. Mayer in Klarstrom and Mrs. Rousseau at Klippwuchte and the EPW workers in Willowmore and the school principal in Riedbronn that we will find each other side by side and build a country that one day grandchildren and great-grandchildren and children not yet born will say they built a fine country. And it's about finding each other, having these conversations. So the, so the Development Impact Fund is really just a vehicle to, to begin to have conversations across this country 
that builds a sense of understanding. I, we, we framed six words, and I'll quickly wrap this up. We framed six words that we, from the preamble to the Constitution, when I say we, it's really just me and my wife and, and some of my colleagues that I used to work with at Community Chest. Um, uh, we framed six words that were important in the preamble. Many people don't know the preamble to, this const- to our yeah. country's Constitution. Yeah. It's the most important document. Absolutely. And it says, we the people, we the people, will build a particular uh, a country, uh, and it gives the design of what that country will be like. It says, um, uh, we recognize the injustice of the past. We, the people, honor those who suffered for justice and freedom in our land. And out of those things, we deducted the words, we, we said, we, we need to build a country that is respectful, that is just, that is inclusive, that is equitable, um, that is prosperous, and that is safe. Those six words are the fundamental architecture of the Development Impact Fund. So, so uh, justice, inclusivity, respect, equity, safety, and prosperity, those are the words we are pursuing in our journeys across this country to yeah. plant the seeds of that it may grow in this country. Well. Wow. You're going to take us to your first guest, and I suppose I'm just jumping across to that because I'm still chewing on what you've said, and I I hear the words of that preamble again and again, and Mm. I wonder, much like the Constitution, how does one take it and turn it into real, fertile justice that is, you know, the Constitution is simply the seed, but but how does it grow? And go to strength and more. My, my, my next guest, or my first guest, is one of the people I so admire. Um, Nunkululeku is a, is a phenomenal woman. And uh, she knows part of how to build the story amongst young people. How to develop that sense of justice and equity and inclusivity with young people. I'm very, very proud to be talking to Nunkululeku now. So... We're going to go to Nonkuguleleko right after this. We've got a break. It's uh, when we come back, we'll chat to Nonkuguleleko Khadebe from the Umchayelo Foundation. It said breakfast on SAFM, destination unknown. Always an absolute highlight of our weekend is our guest presenter, opening our eyes to different ideas, concepts and the like. And we uh, had a great tweet from Karen Faulkner saying, such a good, honest conversation. Thank you so much to Lorenzo, who is our guest presenter, Lorenzo Davids. He's the CEO of the Development Impact Fund. His first guest is Nonkulule Kochadebe of the Umchayelo Foundation. Nonkulule thank you so much for joining us. Hi, good morning, everybody. Can you just explain uh, to us what does the Umchayelo Foundation do? Uh, no problem at all. I would just like to say it was hilarious, um, too kind with the <laughs> intro you gave me. <laughs> so basically, at the Umchayelo Foundation, I guess I should introduce myself first. I am a full-time intern at the Umchayelo Foundation, and Umchailo is actually a closer word for Sproom, which has been birthed our slogan, Sweeping Suffering Away. Yeah. So at the Umchailo Foundation, we are an NPO that's based in Brackenfell Industrial. We have an after-school program, which is called Learning for Life, 
which operates in Brackenfell as well as in a rural town in Hadmon. We yeah. also have a senior care project where we look after the well-being of older persons in our community. We also have an open kitchen where every Tuesday and Thursday anybody can come and pick up a meal. And we emphasize the word anybody because hunger does not have a look. Hmm. We've also been hard at work trying to establish an ICT lab. And my favorite project uh, as a young woman is our social enterprise, Kumani, where we manufacture and distribute reusable sanitary towels. We also go into schools and teach girls about, about menstrual hygiene, the menstrual cycles, and avail ourselves to answer any questions that they might have about their periods. So I listened to you and just chatting to Lorenzo, and I suppose I have a question for both of you. Is the idea of working for a not-for-profit organization, particularly in a time of this pandemic, becomes harder and harder and harder. We look at grant-making, we look at the issue of fundraising, we look at the issue of governance. Which are the huge challenges and how does one resolve them? And, and, and I'd ask you both to maybe just look at one or two of those issues. Lorenzo, happy to go with you first or Nonkululeko, happy to go with you either. Yeah, let, 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 me, let me go and say that it is a very difficult period to raise money in. I think that uh, for the last 10, 20 years, there's been sort of a glut of donor funding. And mm-hmm. then suddenly we started speaking of donor fatigue. I don't think it's donor fatigue, Michelle, and I've worked in this space for a number of years. I think it is donor intelligence. People are not seeing the returns on the investment they are making. And we need to be more astute about building the country Uh, one community, one family, one citizen at a time, that truly is transformed and that is truly transformative. We we, we set the bar too low for what we want to see as an alternative. And and I think donor funds are there for a for a country that that we can be proud of. I think that the 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 damage we've seen across our landscape in terms of broken projects, broken systems, Mm. uh, unfinished uh, you know projects is a is 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 a sad reflection on our ability to build a great society. People like Nunkululeku Khadebe and the Imshluweyo Foundation do the kind of work. Uh, she's a the reason why she's here is that she's a product of the work that the Imshluweyo Foundation has done. She finished school successfully. She now leads programs for other kids in schools, and that's true transformation. When the very people that we've helped begin to render the services themselves. That's when we're building a successful democracy pipeline for the next yeah. generation. So, Nunkululeko, um, I do have to ask you, how does one sustain a foundation of this sort over the years? Because I think that, Lorenzo, you've nailed it. I mean, it is around some kind of intelligence where you want to see metrics, you want to see measurements. You don't want to just see, okay, 20 people went through the course. You want to see, well, what was the impact of the course? It's not the outcome. It's actually the impact. How do you, exactly. deal, how do you deal with that? So um, I would just like to answer your question by referring back to uh, Mr. Lorenzo on what he said about um, impact, not only impacting somebody, but impacting that person's family. Mm. 
because that's the thing about sustainable impact. You don't just give someone a meal and then send them off. You give that person information, you give that person the tools to use that information, and then you help a student, like we do in our after-school program, which I was a part of as well, and that's how I got involved with the organization. You then see that impact get into that family as well because that one student then helps out the siblings in the family mm. and then that parents no longer have that uh, pressure to um, help out and they can therefore focus on other things like providing for the family. So at the Child Foundation, we focus on having sustainable impact in our community. We don't believe in you give somebody a tool today tomorrow they are just running with it and they're on their feet we believe in investing in people's lives over a long term to see them fully functioning on their own and how we've survived all these years i honestly (laughs) could not tell you (laughs) i think that we are one of the organizations that are extremely lucky to still have our doors open today Mm. so many of them so many organizations that I know of have closed during lockdown and we are still out here. We are still trying to operate as normally as we can with COVID. But I think it's the way we focus on sustainable impact. I think that's definitely what's keeping us going. It's mm. focusing on quality instead of quantity. We'd rather focus on these 20 students focus on these 60 seniors in our community and focus on this group of 30 young people who have dropped out, teaching them how to use a computer so that they might do something, some basic admin work at a job. That's, 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 what, that's where our focus is. Nankululeko for Kadebe from the Umtrelo Foundation doing excellent work and uh, I'm particularly interested in the work that you're doing with Kamani and focusing on reusable sanitary pads. We do need to go to a break. When we come back, we'll go to Lorenzo's second guest who is uh, someone who works with an organization called Super Troopers and S-O-U-P-E-R. Makes me assume that it's going to be around food, food and more food security. The Jet Set Breakfast on SAFM, destination unknown. 10 to 10, our guest today is Lorenzo Davids. He's the CEO of the Development Impact Fund. We've been talking to him about the road trips he's been doing, but we've also been talking to his guest, Nonkululeko Khadebe from the Umchela Foundation, doing extraordinarily diverse work and focusing on how we support societies in diverse parts of the country as well. And uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this idea of uh, no longer donor fatigue, but donor intelligence and what it means for the not-for-profit sector in terms of engaging and engaging differently. Lorenzo, your second guest is Kerry Dale Huffman. Talk to us about her. If you want to meet <laughs> inspiration in the flesh, then you have to meet Kerry Dale Hoffman. Um, I have been so inspired by her dream for a better world for everyone. Hmm. Um, I have just seen so much intelligent energy being distributed across diverse communities and, and individuals um, 
And, you know, from talking with homeless people and talking with government, there's just this uh, oozing intelligence and compassion mixed together in this, in this amazing cocktail that says to me, yeah, yeah, in this cocktail lies the new South Africa. That person is Kerry Dale Hoffman. You know, you mentioned the word intelligent energy, and I think that that's a, a very important term because it does talk to the idea that many of us just throw ourselves passionately and energy with lots and lots of energy, but that there's no strategy behind it. Absolutely. Intelligent energy is a word we need in this country. Um, that's why we waste so much money and resources, because there isn't an intelligence that's fused into it. And, and my guest knows how to do that. And, and I, I'm very uh, happy that she's with mm. me on the program this morning. Kerry, thank you so much for joining us. Wow. Good morning, Michelle, <laughs> Lorenzo. Honestly, this uh, whole entire show has just been, it's, I'm rearing to go. I'm so, so, so inspired. So, Kerry, I want you to rear to go, and I want you to continue with this conversation around, um, I suppose one could call it intelligent energy. One could also call it strategic energy, where you don't just simply throw energy. It's a bit like throwing something against the wall and hoping it'll stick. In terms of the work that you've done, how has that played out and indeed been operational? You know, it's so, what a wonderful conversation because, you know, the reality is how do we, um, how do we be in this world mm. in every present moment? And seven years ago, I remember the moment incredibly clearly because it was an awareness, um, a sense of energy connecting with people living on the streets and seeing them for for where they're at and showing up in where I was at and a real coming together from an authentic, organic point of view to, you know, make no promises and, you know, trusting those words were everything to moving forward and building some kind of social transformation um, where people could heal, where people could feel inclusive, safe, and wow, those uh, six words, are that Lorenzo used earlier. Um, I'm just, I'm so grateful that, you know, seven years of this um, intelligence, uh, you know, I guess this energy, there's there's purpose. And with Mm. that, there's hope. Um, And so seven years where we are today, you know, and at a new beginning, um, it's very exciting. Does it not, and I'll put this question to both of you, does it not frustrate you both that, I mean, the ideal situation would be if you had to say, and Lorenzo, it would be about your organization, Kerry, it would be about your organization. If you had to say, what would ultimate success look like? Well, ultimate success for both of you would be that you would be out of a job, that you wouldn't need your organizations. Um, you know, 100%. And also, you know, the organization serves for core humanity coming together to create new ways, to create platforms to um, celebrate each other's differences and to get creative, you know, the social enterprise space, social development, um, you know, an ideal world, you know, the frustrations of not having our building, funding for more field workers, look what we're doing with no building and no, you know, and one field worker and an incredible team, Mm. Um, you know, let us show and, you know, what we could do with even more. So collaborations and, you know, to have Someone like Lorenzo, you know, stand with us and believe in the work that we're doing. I feel incredibly hopeful that, you know, it's not about how long it takes. It's about, you know, where we're at now and are we on the right path. 
And I would, I'd love to ask you this question. Is the most difficult thing for you in this journey, walking this path, and uh, how did you resolve it? So, you know, this is a very personal organization. Um, it's very individualized, and seeing people in suffering and rough circumstances and knowing the possibility of what we can do together, what we can create, that there are thousands of people in need on the street even more so because of COVID, um, you know, it's, it's so much about what we can do together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lorenzo. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, that what Kelly said is so important. There, there is, and what I found on my road trip conversations as well, is that aspect of, of together. You know, when, when Manga Groove, when Claire, when, when Claire sings that song where she says, you can see another country in my eyes. Hmm. Um, it's it's that sense of we are in this together. We we are building a country together. For too long we've looked at oh it's the it's the government that does it or it's the city of Joburg or the city of Cape Town that's doing it. No, no, they're not. Partners mm. in the process of constructing the future we wish to live in. And and that's the that's the the landing of our energy, of our intelligence is that we're in this together. And unless we find one another, we will not have the country of our dreams one day. How would you argue, though, uh, for that, you know, there there's some people that, who are very strongly pushing for a divide and rule process. And we might see that in certain politics. We might see that in certain political parties, even. How does one address that as an individual without feeling disempowered? I think the, the problem that we have in our politics is that it's based on the, on what I call political majoritarianism. So political parties simply want enough votes so that they can govern. And when they govern, they lose the sense of they are now representing a country, not a party. And, and so this alienation immediately sets in uh, amongst those who are not part of that party. We, we don't have the political maturity to move beyond party majoritarianism into a sense of building nationhood and mm. and that's where we are failing so the conversations is all about political party majorities and not about nationhood in this country unfortunately you know uh, we're going to have to close off lorenzo so i'm going i'm going to go back to what you said right at the beginning of the conversation which is a very powerful line the co-creation of the outcome that we want to see in this country. It's a co-creation, it's, it's a collaboration, it's a partnership, as you've mentioned. And it's, it's about civil society, it's about labor, it's about public sector, it's about private sector. There's so many different parts of the puzzle that need to come in. In your travels around the country, your road trips, do you get a sense that people believe in this, that they believe that they can come to an answer, that we can, in fact, co-create an outcome that our children would be proud of us having done. The word co-creation, the concept co-creation, dropped into my mind. It's been around, obviously, for longer. Mm. It dropped into my mind after my first conversation I had on the road. I heard the people say, they are doing it without us, and we don't want it. And then I understood that they wanted to be part of designing the country they live in. Yeah. And, and co-creation is the pathway to go. Whether it's Kerry or Khadebe or Umshluwayo or Super Troopers, everybody coming together to say, hold on, can I add value to the country 
that, I, that you are busy building. I have something to say. We have drowned out the small voices <laughs> because of political parties. Yeah, as we always say on the show, small stories, big ideas, massive inspiration. Absolutely. Lorenzo, what's the way forward uh, for you? Is, are we going to see a book? Are you going to do a series of workshops? Are we going to be participating in this process in a way that uh, you'd like us to see see us participate? Yeah, I've been challenged to do a book on the photographs that I'm that Just I've taken and you know attached stories. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and and then the, the second thing that's coming out, and I'll close with this part, is that we're busy designing a a thing around the preamble. Um, a sort of series of workshops around the preamble of our constitution. Wow. Uh, it's called a country built with six words. That's the project. Mm. And we'll talk to you more about that once we are ready. The project is called a country built with six words, respect, equity, justice, safety, inclusivity, and prosperity for everyone. And can we add another one just for fun? Yeah. Joy. Joy. Ah. <laughs> can, can we do this with joy and and ensure that we all understand what that means as well. A celebratory democracy. That's what we want to live in. Lorenzo Davids, it's been inspirational to talk to you and to your guests. Thank you for introducing us, all of us, our listeners, myself, our team. We appreciate it enormously. And uh, we wish you very, very, very best uh, as you go along your road trip. Thank you very much. Lorenzo Davids, he's the CEO of the Development Impact Fund. And uh, someone did ask about his email address. Um, We will put that out again. It is lorenzod101 at gmail.com. Lorenzo with a Z, D, 101 at gmail.com.